Hello and welcome back to all of you beautiful, handsome, amazing people out there. I hope you all are having such an amazing day. Welcome back to The Uncensored Woman. I am your host, Heather Christine, and today's episode is one that I've wanted to do for so long. Yes, we are kind of ripping off a title, but it goes with this episode. So today's episode is Codependent No More. Yes, I'm doing an episode on codependency. I suffer with codependency. Y'all have all the issues in the world, I promise you. So that's why I am not judgmental at all. I've been through so many, so many things. Um, and codependency is such a huge one for me. And this episode is so important because I know a lot of us go through this and you would be surprised to know all the ins and outs of codependency. So this inter- this episode is going to be such an interesting one. And hopefully it'll help anyone out there. But before we hop into that episode, I wanted you guys to know that the Uncensored Woman is giving you all a chance to win a $150 uh I would say gift card, but not really. I'm gonna send it. I think it probably is gonna be PayPal. Um but it's right before I give it away, I will let you all know. But as of right now, to celebrate the Uncensored Woman's one year anniversary, I am having a giveaway. I am going to do the giveaway on March 13th. You are going to enter simply by sending me an email on Instagram or Gmail. I will have the name of my Instagram in the um, show notes and I will have my Gmail account in the show notes. So either way, my Instagram is heather.christinexo and my business email is theuncensoredwoman at gmail.com. That's one word, all lowercase, theuncensoredwoman at gmail.com. So once again, the giveaway is happening for $150 on March 13th. You are going to enter by either sending me an email on IG or Gmail. And you are just going to tell me who you are and why you listen. That is really it. It's really simple. It's a really way. A uh, really way. Jesus, I can't talk today. <laughs> it's a really good way. To pocket $150 and tell me who does not need $150, all right? Um, so good luck to all of you out there. Thank you so much for your continued support. If it wasn't for you, we would have not made this benchmark. So I'm so, so, so thankful for every single person that tunes in every week and listens to me. I love this show. As I've said over and over again, this show is my baby. I started it when I was still kind of in a dark place and it has brought so much joy to my life. So yes, enter that giveaway. And before we hit the main segment, if you have iTunes, give the Uncensored Woman a review. Go ahead and download it on whatever platform you're listening to it on and share the Uncensored Woman to your audience. Sharing is caring and it's the best way, honestly, to support me and this show because we are coming up in a big way, guys. I cannot wait to announce a few things to you all in here in a few weeks. So I'm thrilled about that. Also, I do have a YouTube channel. If you didn't know, it's going to be linked in the show notes as well. So go check that out. But without further ado, let's hop into the main segment, which is codependent no more. Today, we are going to peel back the layers of codependency. I think when a lot of people think of codependency, They just tend to think about relationships um, and couples that can't stay away from each other and um, 
things like that. Anytime I hear anyone talk about codependency, it usually pertains to a relationship. Now, that could be true, but it also could be a plethora of many other things going on within that relationships and many other issues. That alone is not the definition of codependency. So the definition of codependency is the inability to tolerate the discomfort of others. That's really the best way that I've heard it put. It really is the truth and it really affects every single situation within your life. Um, codependency usually has a narrative attached to it. For instance, you think you're crazy or psychotic um, or other people think that about you and you think that you're just one big mess. And the truth is, you probably are. Now in my life, I'm going to first start with my personal experiences before going through this. And then once I go through like my whole list of things, I think it will really wrap it up and make it make sense. Because anytime I do an episode, that's really what I want to do. I want you all to be able to relate to me. And then I want to always disperse, even just if it's a little, a little bit of education. So for the people that don't suffer with this, it might have a person that is suffering with this in their life. They understand those people. And you all leave today's episode a little bit more fulfilled and educated. In my life, whether it's came to friends family members, relationships, yada, yada. I've always been a huge people pleaser, which is part of codependency. And I have always been scared of losing people. I don't want to be alone. I hate the feeling of being alone. And therefore, I will do anything to make sure that you are taken care of, that you are happy your needs will always come before mine. Now, I've been working on this, so um, this is not really the case. I've set some boundaries, and later on in the episode, we will talk about setting healthy boundaries. But for the past six months or so, I've really started to set boundaries and learn the art of saying no. So I tend to attract broken people, which if you look into codependency, that makes sense because I am a fixer and I have a problem with wanting to fix people. So a lot of my relationships have just been one big mess. And the one relationship that I was in that wasn't a huge mess, which was my marriage, and we lasted for about four years. I found myself getting out of touch and bored. And I did have a lot of other mental health issues going on at this time, like depression. You know, I, it wasn't that far away of from losing my dad. Like, I had lost my dad a couple months prior to reconnecting with this person and getting engaged and getting married. But what I was doing at that time is just basically going into survival mode. So, you know, it's getting engaged, getting married, going out, having kids, anything to drown out the pain of losing my best friend in the entire world. But also our relationship was pretty healthy. It's the healthiest relationship I've ever been in actually. And you all would be surprised to know that because we are divorced and you know, we're best friends now. But at that time, uh, I hate to say it like this, but I guess it's the truth. It was healthy and we did balance each other out, but I didn't know that I suffered with all of these things. And because it wasn't a big, chaotic, dramatic mess, and because there was really nothing to fix, I started to get bored within the relationship, right? Because I guess I was seeking drama and I was seeking a mess to clean up. And there really wasn't, I mean, like, of course we had like, typical arguments and typical fights as couples and stuff like that. But it was never anything big. And it was never anything dramatic enough for me. And it wasn't a project 
to, you know, tape back together and fix. And so therefore, my interests just went in the, a different direction, which led me into two more abusive relationships. And whether they were physical abuse or emotional abuse, they were abusive. And I, you know, continued that path for years of attracting those type of people. And it's because I'm a fixer and those people are broken and I'm codependent. And so if you think about it that way, it really makes sense. So the relationship that I got in right after my marriage didn't last that long. It was only like four months. And I remember every day, like I was just trying to please him and make him happy and, you know, forget me. I don't need anything like, oh, all my maternal instincts are coming out. I, what do you need, babe? Let me please you. Let me make you happy. Let's not worry about what Heather needs. Let's not worry about Heather's boundaries. Let's focus on you. And it became a really, really emotionally exhausting. And to this day, this guy will still try to pop back in and fuck with my feelings. And I really don't appreciate it. Um, I don't have feelings for him anymore. But he sees that old Heather and wants to play with that. And I have no respect for that person whatsoever. I don't think of anything in my life as mistakes or regrets. However, I think of them as lessons. And that's definitely something I learned from and I don't want to go back to. Now, the relationship after that was with the father of my twins, as we call him in these podcasts, Stephen, which is, by the way, not his real name if you're a new listener. Um, but... He was a recovering addict. Um, when we got together for the first seven months, like everything was so great. Like I remember we'd have like little disagreements, but we really didn't have like a huge disagreement or argument until seven months in. But by a year in, I watched him change. And instead of running like I should, because I, I kind of, at this point I was really oblivious to drugs because I had not been on drugs yet. I'd never really been around somebody with a drug problem. So I was really oblivious to drugs, but I knew something was going on with him. But the messier he got, the more close I tried to get to him because I was trying to fix him. And that turned into a lot of emotional and physical abuse within that relationship. And now if we go out of the relationship spectrum, I've had friends like this and I remember specifically having a friend that anytime something went down, it was always my fault. It didn't matter. It was always my fault. And with this particular person, like with some people that I felt really comfortable with, I would speak up for myself and I would say what I was thinking. But with this particular person up until the end, I wouldn't do that. I would just let her get away with everything. And then I started realizing this person only comes around when she wants to profit off of me. Now, we would each do stuff for each other. Um, so I'm not going to say that she didn't do anything for me. However, she didn't do anything for me without conditions. Like I can't remember a time Maybe in the beginning of our friendship, but towards the end of our friendship, I can't remember a time that this person ever did anything for me for free. It was like, okay, I'll do this for you, but I'm going to triple whatever I want to make some type of profit off of you um, so you know I can benefit basically from you. And I, you know, like if I was giving her something. I didn't expect something in return. Like I, I would just show up and, you know, give her whatever, you know, whether it was just something as small as food or, you know, something as small as like donating my kids old stuff or whatever. And that was never reciprocated. You know, everything I did or needed came with a high cost and I remember this person trying to normalize it and saying, well, you know, anybody else would do this for this. And I was like, well, no, because I've been in these situations with other people and this is not how it's went. People are not trying to profit off of me. 
And it really started to get to me and hurt my feelings because I'm like, okay, like, if you really want to be a friend, I understand sometimes if you need to sell something and have a little extra money, like I never care. And I would pay this girl, like back in the day, I remember being so upset because, you know, and this is when things start going downhill because I paid her to come help me deep clean my house, like do my baseboards and stuff like that. And this was, you know, when I was making really good money and because she said she needed Christmas money and, you know, this whole big sob story. And it turns out that when I seen her pictures for Christmas, she was able to afford way more expensive stuff for her children than I was my own. And here I was thinking that this person was so broken and about to lose everything. And somehow all of her kids got the newest of new electronics and, you know, X, Y, and Z. And my kids, you know, got a good amount, but shit, I couldn't afford that. So I'm sitting here helping this person, especially towards the end, you know, because they started making better money in their household and stuff like that. I'm sitting here helping this person that's doing a billion times better than me and not only helping, but she's getting over on me and making good money off of me. And she doesn't give a shit if it's breaking me or not. Um, and I've just, you know, if I'm going to give you something, either I'm going to give it to you for free or I'm just going to ask for what it's worth. I'm not going to triple anything on you. But again, I just, I, I guess I held on because I kept wanting to see the value in our friendship like there was in the beginning. But the truth was, is that our friendship had tremendously changed over years. Our friendship had turned into a business deal. And I was always coming out on the bottom of that business deal. But, um, you know, she was a lot like me and in, in certain ways, um, you know, she suffered with some things. And so I felt her on that level and I had empathy for her and I loved her family. And so I always wanted to fix it. I wanted to make it work. And towards the end, I was just getting fed up to where I was starting to say things that I might have never said before. I was starting to draw my boundaries. And then there was an issue with that. And then, you know, like, if I was taking me time and I wouldn't talk for a couple of weeks, it was an issue. Like all of a sudden I would get on Facebook, there would be subliminal messages about me, um, you know, and it would be like, oh, I know you hate me. And it's like, what? I mean, first of all, where the fuck did you even get that? Like, do you think I'm scared of you or something? Like, I would tell you if there was an issue and there's not an issue. And I am so sick and fucking tired of every time that something is going on with me that it gets put to be all about you. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, in this invisible drama and I have these feelings that I really don't have that you're putting on me and then of course I'm getting pissed in the process because you're putting words in my mouth that I don't even feel but yeah let me go chase you some more because I don't want to lose my friend and that's what I would do I would I would still stay in that situation no matter how fucked up it was because I didn't want to lose my friend and towards the end, it just got to the point where I was just like, fuck it. This person doesn't give two shits about me and they never will. And I got to get away and I have to get away fast. And I've been in other friendships like that. I have had family like that. You know, I've had family that as soon as I've broke up with an ex, they've slept with them. I and and I Heather my whole life and people know this and they take advantage I am a forgiver and I am a people pleaser and I don't want to lose you. So I'm constantly going to accept your apology and try to fix you and try to help you. And, you know, for the past year, I'm like, this is not healthy and I'm never going to be happy to the fullest of extents until I draw healthy boundaries and I say, I don't deserve this. And it's cool if you want to act that way, 
but I'm not going to accept it. And it's okay for me to walk away from this situation because I deserve more and I love myself and I am a person just like you and I deserve respect just like you and I can't fix you. The only person that I can fix is myself. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're going through this, just know that you're not alone with this, but you also have to start drawing healthy boundaries and it's a lot harder than it sounds. But if you start a little at a time, it will get easier and you can't live like this for the rest of your life because if you do, like I said, you're never going to be as happy as you want to be and you're never going to be as happy as you want to be with yourself either because right, if you're codependent and you're constantly trying to fix somebody else, and you're constantly trying to live by their narrative instead of your own, where's the self-love? You don't love yourself. And baby, if you don't love yourself, you can't love anybody else to the fullest of extents. It's that saying, you cannot pour from an empty glass. You got to fill your glass up every day. You got to take care of yourself. You have to go on a self-love and self-discovery journey. And you have to figure out what makes you tick. And these people around you are usually toxic. And it doesn't mean that you're toxic as an individual. And it might not even mean that they're toxic as an individual. But it could mean whether it's a family member, a friendship, or a relationship that you're just toxic for each other. And as hard as it is to do, you're going to have to draw that line for yourself and your sanity so you can begin to heal and love yourself and set those healthy boundaries and get out of those toxic things and become a happier person but codependency is so complex and it is so hard to get out of but if you put in a little bit of work at a time you will get there in order to get there though you have to fully understand what you're dealing with what codependency is and you have to fully accept what type of messes you're accepting, what you're giving of yourself and you're not asking for in return, right? If you give somebody something, you should be getting some type of feeling at least reciprocated. If you're not, cut it off right now. Codependents don't often think about themselves and are often people pleasers looking to rescue other people besides their own selves. So this is everything that I've talked about so far. We are never going to think about ourselves in these situations as long as we continue to not observe our own selves and realize the fact that or accept the fact even that we are codependent. Um, We're always going to do whatever that other person wants to do over our own selves to keep whatever type of relationship we're in together. Examples of codependent behavior are being obsessed with someone else's perception of you, taking care of other people's feelings above your own, amen, hard time saying no, which is one of my, um, This is one that I have a huge, huge problem with. Being addicted to controlling situations. Embarrassed over others' behaviors. Taking care of everyone and taking on their consequences. Also been there. And, you know, my ex, who is now in federal prison, Stephen... I just now got to the point where I was just feeling fed up because I'm like, I am literally always paying for you. Like, okay, I I literally rode with you for five years in state prison and thought you were going to get out and change yourself. And I put money on your books and I put money on the phone and you got out. And within three months, you ran back to that life. And I still 
for the year that you were out or you were going in and out of county jail before you got caught up by the feds, I was still trying to save you and tell you, hey, like, you're going to get caught up and you're going to go back and then I can't help you. And I promised him when he was in state prison that um, if this were to happen again, I was not going to be there. But then I found myself talking to him again, um, not on a relationship level, but a friendship level, just, you know, because we have twins together and, you know, just making sure that he was okay. But then I'm like, Jesus, like I'm paying for everything. Like I am literally paying to talk to you, paying for you to live. I struggle myself. You know this. I'm a single mother. So I am quite literally paying for your consequences. Next thing is finding yourself in relationships or friendships that don't make you feel good, but you feel like you have to stay in them. Been there. Codependents feel like they have to do certain things to please other people. So if you all notice um, a constant going on here, it's definitely people pleasing above yourself. Doing things out of obligation for fear of losing you. We need approval of others. Oh my gosh, before I went on this self-discovery journey and self-love journey of my own, this has always been me. Oh my gosh, like what am I going to do if I don't have your validation? Like constantly seeking approval and validation and it's just not a way to live. It's never going to make you happy. It's never going to appease you. Like you have to be happy within yourself because guess what? And I think I was talking about this. Um, I do um, a little IGTV special every Sunday on Instagram called Sundays Uncensored. I just started it, but I was just talking about this in last Sunday's video. Like no matter who you are, I don't care who you are, if you're the most beautiful person in the world, the most intelligent person in the world, whatever, there's always going to be people that don't like you. And you're never going to have everybody's approval or validation. That's just not real life. And yes, some people are more likable than others. And you might think like, oh my gosh, you know, like, why can't I be like that? Or, you know, whatever, like, I have a good heart too. But really, guys, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Because like I said, in this world, especially of social media, we all have a bit of this in us because the intended usage of social media is really to post shit and get other people's approval, right? And so we're all a little guilty of this. And if you say you're not and you have social media, you're full of shit because you're posting for a reason. But the thing is, is it's not real life for everybody to accept us, love us, support us, whatever. And when I started this podcast, I had to let go of a lot of those things because I knew I was opening myself up and confessing my truth because people were already talking. So I just thought... I need to own my truth so other people don't have power over me. So they can still talk if they want, but it's not going to be anything new because everybody already knows about me. But I also knew in making this that there were still going to be people that were judging. And in fact, it might be more loud than ever because they feel like they have a right because I've put myself out there because I put myself on a podcast and... I knew it was going to take time to grow and I knew I couldn't depend on numbers or validation. I had to be happy with it within myself because if I wasn't, I wouldn't continue to have this podcast. I definitely wouldn't have started a YouTube. You know, I mean, that's a slow growing thing if you don't already have a huge audience and you're like, well, Heather, you have a podcast. Well, right. But if you look at statistics, even people that have huge platforms, have so many issues moving people from one platform to the next. I think there's only a five to 10 percentage of people that will actually move with you, even if you're the biggest of big people. Oftentimes, you'll get a different crowd in different places. And you have to learn that no matter what you do with your life or, you know, with whatever, 
you cannot always win people's approval and you cannot always have validation from everybody. So you have to be happy from within. And then last, everyone's needs comes before our own, um, which I have talked about several times in this episode. I want to please you. I want to make you happy. Who cares if I'm emotionally exhausted? Who cares if I can't take anymore? Who cares if I feel like I'm about to explode? If you're going through something, let me fix you. Let me help you. Let me guide you. And I'll deal with my mess and clean it up later. You know, when I finally explode and then it's a bigger mess for me to pick up. Except you're not going to help me pick up my mess. Even though I'm helping you pick up yours. And then I'm going to be an even bigger mess after this. I'm always trying to fix or rescue someone else. Um, In fact, like I said, broken people seem to attract me in a mess up way. And I think I'm I'm pretty sure like don't mark this as the truth because I don't I, I'm not I'm I'm about eighty percent sure this is a fact um, that broken people and fixers do attract each other. I think that it has been scientifically proven like they can see that in each other. And so when you first get together, it might be these huge sparks and fireworks and you really do feel like you're connecting because you're like, oh, you have these problems. Oh my gosh, like you're being vulnerable. You're opening opening up to me. But if they have a whole list of nonstop problems, they have to get themselves out of those problems. You cannot save somebody from somebody else's problems. Like you can only, excuse me, you can only save yourself So you have to learn to hit the brakes and say, hey, listen, like, I'll stand by you and, you know, I'll be there and maybe I'll point you to the correct resources, but I'm human too. I have my own problems too and I cannot fix you. Codependents are addicted to people who are a mess. Codependents in relationships tend to shapeshift to make it work. This right here that I'm about to say is such a powerful statement and I felt it to my core because this is so true. We audition for your approval each and every single day. So you wake up. I like my, let's just, for instance, I like my house to constantly stay at 68 degrees. I get hot very easily, but you wake up today, you're freezing. You want it to be at 75 degrees in the house? Okay, I'll sweat my ass off as long as that makes you happy. I don't like seafood. You love it. I'll go make myself eat it and, you know, go gag afterwards because that's what you love. I just want to fit in with you. I just want to make you happy. I just want you to love me and be happy with me and accept me and validate me. So I will, you know, take away from my own value and I will stop doing the things I love to do in order to please you. Um, this just hits home for me because I have been in so many of these relationships, you guys. It's not even funny. Like I said, not just relationships as in like um, a love interest, but relationships as in with family members, with friends, and with lovers. I just want to please people and so you know that is a lot of the reason why besides being used and stuff that when I came into 2020 I decided to be abstinent celibate however you want to say it and not to settle because I am on a self-love and self-discovery journey and every day I wake up and I love something new about myself but this has been a year in the making and I have been more focused on it within the past six months. So even within the full year of doing this, I didn't really start focusing and trying harder until the past six months. And so I was like, until I know that I accept myself fully and love myself fully 
and when I can see somebody when they can come in and I can see their intentions and I don't just accept them because I want someone to love me, but I accept them because they're a good person. I'm not getting into a relationship because again, unless my glass is full, I can't give you anything. I can't offer you anything. I cannot love you fully if I don't love myself. And that goes for everyone. And so that's why I went on this whole big journey. We compromise our values and morals in order to make a relationship work. I've talked so much on this in this episode. And so I think you all get that point. People who are codependents as adults often have problems with their parental relationship as a child and teenager or teenager. So, I mean, it can be child and teenager or child or teenager. And this is a big one for me. And this was my aha moment because um, I had these problems. Number one, I've seen my mother my whole life be extremely codependent. And compared to her, I'm pretty independent. Um, But I've seen her be pretty codependent my whole life. I picked up on those habits. It was internalized in me. And then she was so codependent that she was in a relationship where she was excusing a person, you know, um, calling me a bitch, calling me fat at 13, telling me to change my shirt because I looked pregnant, uh, running me down, telling me I'd never be smart enough, you know, stuff like that. And my mom has, you know, we've forgiven each other since, you know, when I really opened up to her and it was a very like two hour emotional conversation. Cause I was like, why did you let this happen to me? Like, I can't imagine letting my children being talked to that way. I would never. And, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Like you're getting the fuck out of my house. If you ever talk to my children like that, But I also had to have empathy for my mother and understand where she was coming from so I could forgive her. And so we could move forward. But again, that set me up too to accept the relationships. And I've talked about this in another episode to accept the relationships that I was getting into because so many things and so many things that people would deem as red flags and relationships I seen as normal Because I grew up with it. So if a guy got mad at me and was like, you fucking bitch, you're dumb, you're fat, you're ugly. Well, I heard that growing up in my own household. So it must be normal, right? Like, I mean, I was called this shit all the time. I could handle it. No, it's not. But a lot of times when you end up this way, it is because you have internalized something growing up as a child And I hope that helps alleviate some of your all's guilt out there for going through this. Or it helps you feel less crazy. Like there are are things that you can do now to control it. And to learn to love yourself and set boundaries. But you didn't cause this problem yourself. So I hope that takes a little weight off of you. Because a lot of times this is learned behavior. And it is instilled in us before we can even really think for ourselves. Now, steps to heal from codependency. And I have seven for you. Number one, be honest with yourself and others. Number two, stop negative thinking and this was such a hard one for me not just negative thinking about situations not just negative thinking about myself internally and my character not just negative thinking about myself externally and my looks it was just everything so every day now when I wake up I say positive affirmations to myself in the mirror I say, you know what? You a bad bitch, girl. (laughs) Honestly, you don't need no man to complete you. You are good to go. You are a kick-ass mother. You are doing something um, that so many people would be scared to do. That is living your truth, starting this podcast, starting a YouTube channel, and trying to help others. You are going to be successful and you are a beautiful ass bitch and don't let anybody tell you any different. I love you. 
and I pick stuff out now about myself and I really this took a long time and I'm not saying that I'm not a person and I don't have bad days because I'm not perfect and I have a lot of issues and I still have bad days where I feel bad about myself and I'm saying most days instead of looking in the mirror and being like oh my god my face is broken out I don't like the way my hair looks um pale oh my gosh my eye circles now I try to divert it and divert the conversation with myself to say you know what Heather your hair's getting long it's it's pretty again all this water and Powerade you've been drinking it's helping your skin your eyes are pretty I love my lips I embrace my curves and I accept my body and that changes the narrative in your head but like I said it doesn't happen right away it takes a lot of practice a lot of skill and a lot of time number three try to stop taking things so personally number four take breaks that's part of setting boundaries very vital Number five, consider counseling. I always talk about this. Therapy does wonders and it will help you so much. Number six, rely on peer support. You're going to need other people and there's different meetings that you can go to to get help. And number seven, I have talked on this the entire episode, which is establishing um, boundaries. Now, before we wrap up this conversation, I found this website. Um, and if you all want to go look at it, you can. But I'm going to wrap up a few things in here. Um, it is whatiscodependency.com. And it's called The Power of Personal Boundaries. Um, and the first paragraph of this is, Love won't last without boundaries. It's easy to understand external boundaries as your bottom line. Think of rules and principles you live by when you say what you will or won't do or allow. If you have difficulty saying no, override your needs to please others, or are bothered by someone who is demanding, controlling, criticizing, pushing, abusive, invasive, pleading, or even smothering you with kindness, it's your responsibility to speak up. It is your responsibility to speak up we all need that if we suffer with this including me boundaries are also internal discussed below so type of boundaries there are several areas where boundaries apply material boundaries determine whether you give or loan things such as your money car clothes books food or toothbrush i've talked about that physical boundaries pertain to your personal space privacy and body do you give a handshake or a hug to whom and when how do you feel about loud music nudity and locked doors in other words you can have boundaries around yourself and you can say what you are and aren't comfortable with and there's not a problem with that you should do that and if anybody makes you feel bad for any type of boundaries then they're not for you Number three, mental boundaries apply to your thoughts, values, and opinions. Are you easily suggestible? Do you know what you believe and can you hold on to your opinions? Again, I will often shut my opinion down for somebody else and I will often not speak up for myself and this is something I've had to work on. Can you open-mindedly listen to someone else's without becoming rigid? If you become highly emotional, argumentative, or defensive, you may have a weak emotion you may have weak emotional boundaries. Number 4. Emotional boundaries distinguish separating your emotion and responsibility for them from someone else's. It's like an imaginary line or force field that separates you and others. Healthy boundaries prevent you from giving advice, blaming, or accepting blame. They protect you from feeling guilty for someone else's negative feelings or problems and taking others' comments personally. High reactivity suggests weak emotional boundaries. 
Healthy emotional boundaries require clear internal boundaries, knowing your feelings and your responsibilities to yourself and others. Number five, sexual boundaries protect your comfort level with sexual touch and activity. What, where, when, and with whom? And number six, spiritual boundaries relate to your beliefs and experiences in connection with God and a higher power. Why it's hard. It's hard for codependents to set boundaries because number one, they put others' needs and feelings first. Number two, they don't know themselves. Number three, they don't feel that they have rights. Number four, they believe setting boundaries jeopardizes the relationship. And number five, they never learned to have healthy boundaries. Boundaries are learned. You didn't you didn't learn you had rights or boundaries if yours weren't valued growing up. So that's why I focused on internalizing things and learning things as a child and teenager or a child or teenager. Any kind of abuse violates personal boundaries, including teasing. For example, like I said, with the other parent in my house calling me um, these names and telling me I was fat and I wasn't smart and I wasn't going to amount to anything. Um, it made me feel powerless and that I didn't have a right to say stop. Um, but you do have that right and you do own that right and you need to use that right. You do have rights. You may not believe you have any rights if yours weren't respected growing up. For example, you have a right to privacy, to say no, to be addressed with courtesy and respect, to change your mind or cancel commitments, to ask people you hire to work the way you want, to ask for help, to be left alone, to conserve your energy, and to not answer a question, the phone, or an email. Internal boundaries regulate your relationship with yourself. Think of them as self-discipline and healthy management of time, thoughts, emotions, behavior, and impulses. If you're procrastinating doing things you neither have to do nor want to do or overdoing and not getting enough rest, recreation, or balanced meals, you may be neglecting internal physical boundaries. Learning to manage negative thoughts and feelings empowers you as does the ability to follow through on goals and commitments to yourself. Guilt and resentment. Anger is often a signal that action is required. If you feel resentful or victimized and are blaming someone or something, it might mean that you haven't been setting boundaries. If you feel anxious or guilty about setting boundaries, remember, your relationship suffers when you're unhappy. Once you practice setting boundaries, you feel empowered and less anxiety, resentment, and guilt. Generally, you receive more respect from others and your relationships improve. And honey, I promise you the respect thing is a big thing. People often feel your energy and they can read you. And when they know that you have healthy boundaries for yourself, it's the law of attraction. You're going to attract better people that actually do respect you. And they're going to respect you not only for the person that you are, but for the boundaries that you set. Setting effective boundaries. People often say that they set a boundary, but it didn't help. There's an art to setting boundaries. If it's done in anger or bad nagging, like quote unquote, I told you a hundred times, you won't be heard. Boundaries are not meant to punish, but are for your well-being and protection. Protection. They're more effective when you're assertive, calm, firm, and courteous. If that doesn't work, you may need to communicate consequences to encourage compliance. It's essential, however, that you never threaten a consequence you're not fully prepared to carry out. If your boundary setting isn't helping you, read 10 weeks. 10 reasons <laughs> 10 reasons why boundaries don't work it takes time support and relearning to be able to set effective boundaries self-awareness and learning to be assertive are the first steps setting boundaries isn't selfish 
but I listen to this because I've preached this. It's self-love. It is self-love. You say yes to you each time you say no. You say yes to you each time you say no. That is so powerful. It builds self-esteem, but it usually takes encouragement to make yourself a priority and to persist, especially when you receive pushback. So if there's anything that I want you all to take from this episode besides being highly educated on codependency, if you are a codependent like me, you can be codependent no more, but You have to set those healthy boundaries. You have to learn about yourself. You have to grow and evolve within yourself and learn what makes you tick. And it is going to take time. And it is okay if it takes time. And it's okay if you need your peer support. It's okay if you need to go to therapy. Um, None of that is should should be looked down upon and as long as you know that you're going on this journey for yourself I promise it's going to change your whole perspective about life and it's going to change your whole perspective about love and it's going to allow you to see yourself more clearly but more importantly it's going to allow you to see friendships relationships family members and just people in general more clearly so you can learn what to accept and what not to accept out of people and situations and it'll give you much more situational awareness as well and that is very very vital in these type of scenarios Just remember that going on a self-love and self-discovery journey is not a bad thing. It's not a selfish thing. It doesn't make you less of a person because you want to focus more on yourself for right now than anybody else. It actually makes you more of a person because when you come back to get in new relationships, you can actually give the love that you've always wanted reciprocated to you. And in fact, it will be reciprocated because you will attract the correct people. But guys, I hope you learned something new from today's episode. I hope it made you feel better if you're going through this. I hope it made or it took a little weight off your shoulders and you don't feel as crazy or like you're such a big mess. And even if you are a mess, you now know that you can fix them. Set those healthy boundaries today. And, you know, if you want to reach out to me, as always, my email is in the show notes. But you guys, that's going to wrap it up today. You have just listened to The Uncensored Woman. I am your host, Heather Christine, and I hope you guys have a fabulous weekend. Peace, love, happiness, self-growth, self-love, self-peace. Love you guys and talk to you next week. Bye.